Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. Remembering on this MLK holiday, here's Bob and Sherry. Well, according to the New York Times, more and more people are being asked by their bosses, the owners of the company, to come back to the office. And folks are not liking it. They're going, I don't want to. Oh, but you must. I don't want to. Oh, but you must. So they say, okay, I'll come back, but I want to talk to you about my pay, company culture, benefits, and so on. These are the desirable benefits that people would like to have if they have to go back to their office. And here we go. Number one, I'm going to start with number one, lots of natural light. Lots of people (laughs) love that. You know, my, my first office, I was 19 years old. I was so proud of the fact that I had an office. I wanted my father, my father and I were estranged at that time. I wanted to call him up and say, you know, I know what you thought about me, but I got an office. Now the office was in the basement of the first radio station I got full-time, WSAR in Fall River. It was in the basement. There were absolutely no windows, speaking of natural light. No, it was like a bunker. I mean, I was expecting to hear, has the Fuhrer had his birthday cake before he kills himself? I mean, it was very (laughs) dark. It was very dark, but I was so proud. I had a little, you know, those metal desks that people would have with that little cheap uh, chair with with the leather back, just a little pad. And there was a matching um, metal cabinet that that matched the gray desk. But I was just so proud. Uh, The next thing people want, good heating and ventilation. Yeah, that's true. I think you know, good hey, heating and ventilation are important, including AC. Basically, here's what I'm hearing. Folks would like some sunlight and some air to breathe. These don't yes. seem unreasonable to me. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I know. Why, why can't you provide that for the I'm, employees on the show? Yeah, I'm not. Here's what I'm not hearing. I'd like a massage and some sashimi. No, here's yeah. what I'm hearing. Please, sir, can I have some air and some sun? Wait till you hear number three, regular cleaning. (laughs) Again. (laughs) I know. Hey, did I ever tell you about uh, the first station I was ever on, the second station I was ever on the air on? I got paid minimum wage to do the news and afternoon drive. WRIB in Providence. Rib radio. The rib. They put me in. They put me in a room. This this radio station was so small. It was a date. They went off the air when the sun went down. Daytime radio station. And I was placed next to the heating unit. The heating unit was a pot-bellied stove that they would feed uh, wood into. <laughs> wow. So, like, during the summer, it was okay because they could just – they didn't have air conditioning. They could open the windows, though. And it was right on the Providence River, which had some smell issues. But nonetheless, you know, that was okay. In the cold of the winter – when they throw some extra firewood next to that uh, into that pot-bellied stove, 
it turned my workspace. I was literally a yard away from it. I had a little teeny desk and a mic. It was like 800 degrees. You couldn't touch the pot-bellied stove. And it's right next to me. I am sweating like I'm in Saudi Arabia. And risking injury, too. Like you're risking a third-degree burn. Uh, This is what else we want. Good kitchen facilities. Yeah, good luck with that. Good security. I had a guy pull a knife on me at a radio station. The security guard let this person in who had a beef with a guest that I had. At 12 o'clock at night. I worked at a radio station that next door was a bull that would get out every once in a while, and you had to sign the station on, and the bull would be in front of the door. Get out. <laughs> you have not never kidding. told we us call, we, that? And we called it pot roast. <laughs> it's really, that was, the, the, yeah, we had to, to do that. And so then what you would do is try to distract it and then park around the back where you could get in through the engineering area. You know, Sherry again, and I were again. working. Again. Could I have some light, some air, (laughs) a fire not next to me, and no dangerous animals blocking the entrance? Like, these are so reasonable. If you and I were working there, you would say, all right, Bob, we got to get in there. I got this red shirt. Go ahead, put it on. Go over there and start (laughs) running in front of the bull. Well, you know you Uh, want to be a protector. Right. Yeah, right. The other thing, a cafe, bar, restaurant on site, space to work away from your desk, a gym on site, a good color scheme, and high ceilings. Bosses, take a note. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So we subscribe to a gazillion magazines, and uh, they all come to the station. And Red Book came the other day with Miranda Lambert on the cover. I love Miranda Lambert. I mean, I am so happy for Blake and Gwen, but I love Miranda Lambert. I always have. Yeah. And so she's on the cover, and I'm reading about that, see. and I'm flipping. See her picture. She's so pretty, and she yeah. seems happy now. She's really talented. Uh, I love her voice. Anyway, so I'm reading that, and I'm flipping through the magazine, and I come to this thing that that's about chivalry, things that women still wish that their partner would do on date night. Hmm. And it, and I as I was reading it as I was reading it I I was thinking about a Facebook post I saw the other day where a woman was lamenting that men don't act like men anymore, you know, they don't open car doors and stuff and that's I mean that's not been my experience. You're very chivalrous. My husband's very chivalrous. Max would lay face down in a mud puddle and let me walk on him. <laughs> If I said, oh, my God, Max, these boots are suede, he would throw himself down and let me walk across him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I my experience, I'm I've been lucky because I work with good men, you know, and so my experience of men has been very chivalrous. And Todd, I mean, Todd brings me in a new cat shirt every three weeks. Right. He's a constantly like being thoughtful and thinking about um, the women in his life, his daughter and his girlfriend and me and his aunts. I mean, so. Like when I read that woman's Facebook post about how men suck and they're nobody's chivalrous anymore, I thought, well, that's just not been my experience. Then I saw this thing in this magazine, chivalrous things that women wish men would still do. Yeah, I'd like to hear this. 47%, according to this thing in this magazine, 47% say they wish that their partners would still give them flowers, mm-hmm. like on date night. Mm-hmm. Discuss. Mm-hmm. We, we had somebody on the show, or was it Lamar? It could have been Lamar. Lamar. Was it Lamar saying that women want to get flowers? And I think men don't think about that unless it's a birthday or Valentine's, or Day. Valentine's Day or the usual thing, Mother's Day, maybe. There is and, just, 
nothing more thrilling and romantic than flowers for no reason. And they don't just like getting flowers. They like getting flowers in front of their coworkers. Well, I have a friend, Barbie, whose thing is grocery store flowers. She does not want fancy flowers. She wants you. You stopped at the grocery store on the way home to pick up milk and you thought of her and grabbed her some flowers. That's just, her idea of of like maximum romance. I was going to just ask you, are uh, supermarket flowers good enough? Yeah. Because I was, I was going to get Mary some just the other day because I was thinking about what Lamar said. And I'm looking at the supermarket flowers and they look pretty good. I mean, there's, there's like tulips and there's roses in there, you know. But the, she's going to know it came from the supermarket. But if you think about that's Bar- not really going out of my way. If you think about Barbie's theory, the, Barbie's theory is is there's no occasion, there's no reason. You were walking through the grocery store and you thought of me. Okay. And that when you think about it that way, doesn't it suddenly make you go? Huh, yeah, it's two different flowers. ways of looking at it. Though. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's another one? Forty four percent of the, these women said they wish men would open their car door. Mm hmm. I, I do that most of the time. I know. You guys do. I don't do it every every time. I mean, if it's a tight spot, you know, I'm, I'm going to let her get in, but I'm mostly I'm trying to imagine myself out with a man who went, well, hey, you wanted equality, you can open your own car door. Like, what the hell, Cletus? Act like a gentleman. Yeah, I, c- I could see you going out with him, by the way. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, the, you, the two of you would be a perfect match. Seriously? And then the last one was... 42% wish that their man would hold the door and let her go first. Oh, I would always do. I Yeah, I if do. you're like at a restaurant, let them walk first yeah. if you're going to the table. Is it a generational thing? Is it because there there are a lot of there are a lot of young men today that were raised by single moms and so there's an egalitarian thing going on and you know I, and and single single I, women raised by single moms right I see the way Andrew Kevin's son treats his wife like uh-huh. a queen he's yeah. so chivalrous good, and thoughtful good good for him isn't that interesting anyway right. spot machine Morons in the news is brought to you by Lowe's shop in store or online at Lowe's.com Bob and Sherry you idiots here they are he's a moron he's acting like a complete idiot morons in the news okay we start off across the pond a burglary at london's first gay bookstore i found that unusual this is the first gay bookstore in a city the size of london in london yeah. millions and millions of people anyway this uh, burglary in london's first gay bookstore was foiled when the burglars stopped to drink some prosecco in the shop's basement Somehow that's just perfect. I don't I don't know why, but it is. These are some bougie burglars. I know. They just paused downstairs and somebody said, Why is the light on? Oh, Prosecco. It's Prosecco, (laughs) yeah. Today's morn of the day is David Johnson. He's twenty-six years old. He's from Michigan. And here's what he got arrested for. He was in he was downtown around one o'clock in the morning in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he approached a police sergeant's vehicle. And relieved himself on the bumper. Oh, bad idea, my man. The arrest affidavit says that Mr. Johnson was, quote, taken into custody while still in commission of the crime. Oh, and dear. he was busted on a block with many popular bars and nightclubs. Mm. He was also charged with being uncooperative with questioning and disorderly contact and urinating in view of members of the public, which I did not know was an actual crime oh, yeah but apparently- yeah you can't you can't do public urination i mean i know it fell under like indecency uh, and also no, just ew you can't do that <laughs> you know what i'm i'm getting the feeling that he probably has at least a small rap sheet 
if he was doing that to a police car, right? In his mugshot, his facial expression says, Oh, man, did I just get arrested for peeing <laughs> on a cop car? Okay, I'm going to edit this next story a little bit here because I don't think the fast food franchise that this happened in deserves to be, um, you know, blame? a spotlight of blame. An employee of this fast food restaurant, somebody took a video of them taking a bath in the sink of the restaurant. Oh, I saw that. Was, yeah. Buck naked in the, you know how they have those big sinks in uh, restaurants? Somebody got wa- right in there. Somebody wants to be TikTok famous. You think that's what it yeah. was? That's disgusting. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name of the chain. The lady that posted the video of herself in a bath filled with hot flame and hot Cheetos. Mm-hmm. That's all that is, too. That's just Yeah, I could see that. But TikTok I mean, famous. that makes sense. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Um, this next story, we've all known somebody that wears so much cologne or perfume yeah. that you can smell them an hour after they left. Mm-hmm. Well, it's dangerous to do that if you're going to be a drunk driver. Police in Germany um, were passed... Um, by a 26-year-old man speeding at like super high speeds with his headlights off. So they pulled over and they chased. They got the guy, but he jumped out of the car and ran away. And the cops were like, the car reeked of cologne. So they began following the smell. <laughs> no. Until they found our man hiding in the bushes. Because of the cologne. In a cloud of cologne. Oh, what a dope. <laughs> they... <clears throat> They breathalyzed him. He was way over the legal limit. Mm -hmm. And the German police said the cloud of perfume that was detected inside the car and on the man was so strong that we not only were able to follow it, but we identified him as the driver. Isn't that something? Yeah. What is it with some guys that, you know, there's no enough? They just they, they they just have to keep splashing. The stuff's expensive, and maybe they yeah. feel like unless their eyes are watering, they didn't get their money's worth. Well, I mean, their dry cleaning bill must be through the roof. And that is morons in the news. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday and Friday. Podcast. With uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely true. Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, the Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts use the talk back feature feature. on the free bob and sherry app and leave us a message yeah it's an amazing feature i wish we had another amazing feature i wish we had a feature in radio uh that i could just push a button and we could send a wonderful smell that we're talking about into the car of whoever is oh like smell-o-vision didn't there used to be a thing called smell-o-vision in the movies in the movies there was yeah that didn't last too long you know what i would be uh, pushing the button for right now something i'm looking at turkey Baked ziti. I'm going to show you a picture of it in a big cast that iron That looks can. delicious. Let me tell you what's in this thing. Why don't you make that? I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Turkey with seasonings and tomatoes. So like ground turkey? Yes. Okay. You get one pound of ground turkey. And then you add pasta and cheese, like mozzarella cheese, but very thinly sliced mm-hmm. on the top. And then you bake it until it's browned on the top. And then you put basil on the whole thing. I so want to eat that, but I cannot. Why? Here's why. 
I got the two people I live with, right? One of them, Mr. Workout. And by the way, this kid is in such shape. He, he makes these shakes out of peanut butter, and he's only eating like raw meat, I think, now. and then Because he's boxing. Did I tell you that? <laughs> yeah. He's boxing me. now. So he's down to like 145. He's solid muscle. He would not eat this. He would look at that and say, that's disgusting. And then my wife, I mean, she is really focused on staying healthy and being healthy with everything that she went through last year. So she's eating, even for lunch, she will cook in a pan Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts with some sort of seasoning and olive oil. I've come around to a little bit of Brussels sprouts. But maybe not three meals a day. It's so pungent, and she eats it almost every single day. I walked into the house about a week ago, and I said, when did they move in? And she said, what are you talking about? The Eastern European embassy that obviously lives in our house now. The smell is all over. Brussels sprouts, they really, really stink when they're cooked. Now, I'm glad that she's doing that, but that's a world away from Miss I Don't Eat Pasta and look at all that cheese. That's you no good could, for you. You could make that though, and then you could portion it out and freeze it, and you could bring it to lunch for lunch. That would be meal prep. That's not a bad. You don't idea. have to when you make something because I I make food all the time that only I like that, because it's just all vegetables and stuff. See, plant for, food for me just to cook for one and I have others living there. It just seems I don't know selfish or wrong. Well, if. If one of them is eating raw meat and the other one is eating Brussels sprouts, then it's not selfish or wrong. You're meal prepping. Yeah. And you could offer it to them. It's not like you're going to hover over the pot going, ha ha, no. You could offer it. But this way you could eat the food you like and not waste it. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. I want to eat that so much. I would, instead of cutting it up, I would just put my face in it and just, just bury it in there and eat it. I like that in a guy. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you should yeah. make that. I was very popular what is that? when I was single. What is that? Serve six? Uh, What's the serving uh, size on serving that? Size? Sorry, I lost uh, focus for a moment. With that. <laughs> I think it's four. Four. Okay, yeah. so you'll eat. You'll eat two, and that'll right. give you two lunches. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna boom do that. done. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You right. Portion it, freeze it in, our, in little containers, bring it in, mix yeah. it up, boom, you're done. There it is. I'm, I'm getting better at uh, cleaning the uh, cast iron pan. I, I get that like raw sea salt, and that's what I use to clean it. I don't, I don't use like any kind of soaps. I, don't, I never put it in the dishwasher. You have got to live your life and not... Why well, don't be poisoned? You got to live your life. If yeah. you want that ground turkey big ziti thing, make mm-hmm. it. Offer it. They don't want it. More for you. Freeze it up. Take it for lunch. You know what? She's going to be staring at it with her Brussels sprout dinner. And she's going to start eating off right off of my plate. So maybe she'll have like a couple of spoonfuls yeah. to go with her Brussels sprout. Right, and right. of course, no one will give you, no one will say, you know, Bob, that was actually pretty good. Oh, no. That'll, that won't come no. your way, but that's okay. Because yeah. you don't need that kind of validation because you're going to have lunch. I actually do. I um, want lunch and validation. Does that make me a horrible person? Um, I've told you over and over again, at your house, validation is not on the menu. <laughs> you can order it all day I long order and it. it's coming just, out it's of that kitchen. No. <laughs> it seems wrong. It seems very wrong. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a good idea. I'll try that. I'll try that. I haven't worked with a uh, cast iron pan before, though. 
What do you need a cast iron pan? You could do it in a baking dish. It doesn't have to be in a cast iron could you, pan. Could you, you know, the exasperation in your voice, could you just back that off just a little bit, please? But, but why do you It's why in you the New York Times. I'm looking okay. at the picture of it. Okay, okay, yeah. But you don't have to do it in a cast iron pan. See, he's going to deny himself a small pleasure because he thinks that he has to do it exactly no, as it's pictured. No, I'm going to do, do I'll do just what you want, all right? So you'll be happy that you, <laughs> that you push me around. I'll do it just the way you say, Miss Perfect. I'm surprised you're not on the Food Network, you know? Man tries to do something. This is what he gets. Right. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And today's comedian is a guy that we all just are crazy about. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. He's so funny. Sebastian Maniscalco. Another woman had a dog at the airport dressed up. What's this? What's with the dogs? I got a dog. It's my dog. Why don't we do dog things? Go to the park, you can give it a frisbee. You know? Once in a while, I'll lean down. Hey, how you doing? You all right? Good? All right, get the hell out of here. It's the dog! I'm not dressing it up. What's up? Why's the dog got socks on? Socks, had a sweater, little hat, little cell phone around his neck. Stop trying to humanize the animal. It's a dog. Let it be a dog. In Los Angeles this past year, they had for Christmas time a Santa Claus for your dog. 150 dogs wrapped around the mall to see Doggy Santa. Two kids to see the normal Santa. <laughs> 150 dogs. Right? And you got the idiot owner sitting there in line. Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, you're going to see Santa today. <laughs> and they put the dog on Santa's lap. And from the line, they're like, go ahead, Cooper. Go ahead. Tell Santa what you want. <laughs> I'm 
I'm looking at this, I'm like, he just wants to lick his <laughs> But he can't because he's got a sweater on. What's wrong with people? But it's good, you know? We do all this stuff during the day and we come to nighttime. We start coming to events like this, start bringing our lady, dating. It's fun, right? First date, that's the big one. We normally do, guys, dinner, sushi. Yeah, last week, first date. I don't know what sushi costs. I don't know how much it is, right? Chicken, salad, steak, I know what that goes for. A dynamite roll? I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> because what we're doing, ladies, on the date is we're trying to figure out how much the bill is in our head before it comes to the table. It's a little game we play up here, right? You don't know what's happening. So I'm guesstimating this is about a $120 meal. The bill comes, right? And like a silence comes over the table, right? <laughs> so the bill comes, I do the quick peek. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we do on the first date. We don't look at it like it's a life insurance policy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we act like it didn't even come to the table. So I saw the total, $256. I closed it, and then I started sweating. <laughs> On the inside of my body. Because on the first date, you can't let on that that total might bother you. That's right. You have to take that poker face. But if you're married and you get a bill like that? <laughs> you'll flip it over. Can you believe this crap? <laughs> Two hundred and fit. What the hell did you eat? <laughs> You better take a good look at this place. We're not coming back here again. That's so true. Kevin still talks about a bill we got for sushi one night when we went out to dinner a few years ago. Sebastian, Maniscalco, it's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. I was online and I came upon a really kind of cute post. Somebody put together, what are the great things about England. What puts the great in Great Britain? And there's about 50 of them. I'm not going to read them all, but this is what people in Great Britain said made them great. And it's not the, you know, the British Navy, which is very powerful, or their army or anything like that. These are sort of everyday things, and I'm just going to burn through them here. Uh, number 49 was Harrods, the department store. Uh, Harry Potter is there at number 38. Soccer is in there. The red phone boxes. James Bond. Shakespeare is one. It's 31. James Bond is 32. So Shakespeare beats James Bond by one. Um, 
Let me see what else. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. I know. Well, wait do you hear what number one is in just a moment. Uh, number, uh, let's see, 24 is baking. And, of course, there's that TV show, The Great British Bake Off. The Tower of London, pubs, Stonehenge, the Aston Martin, the Queen, the British sense of humor, Yorkshire pudding, fish and chips, Buckingham Palace is number seven, Big Ben is number six. Their BBC, which some of us watch right here in the USA, is number five. And then it's British history, a good cup of tea is number three, roast dinners is number two. And the number one thing, according to these folks who took place in this survey, the number one thing that makes Great Britain great is bacon sandwiches. I didn't see that one coming there. I did not uh, see that one. Other things the are cheese. movie critic would agree with that, I bet. A bacon sandwich. A bacon sandwich. Uh, what else is in there? Uh, let's see. Black cabs. If you've I, ever been to London, the little black cabs I would have thought get fish and chips before a bacon sandwich. But maybe fish that's... is number nine. So I was thinking about this, and I thought, what, what makes America great? You know, everything is in the eye of the holder. But if we take away our amazing uh, armed forces, what makes America great? And I just wrote down a few and see if you agree and if you want to add to them also. Uh, This is what I think makes America great. Broadway, California Coastal Highway, Tom Hanks, Elvis, the Great Lakes, Florida and the Carolinas beaches, the Maine Coast, lobster and clams, Bruno Mars, the Freedom Trail that you can walk in Boston with you know, our early history. It's an amazing thing to do. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Charleston, South Carolina, which is like a living museum. Bruce Springsteen, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field, our NFL teams, and Alicia Keys. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't argue with any of those. Um, Another thing I think that um, we have in our favor is we are a place where second and third and fourth chances are a thing that you can, you can screw up pretty big. Um, yes. As, whether, whether as a regular person or a famous person, you can screw up pretty big and, and there's the hope of a comeback. What was it that Fergie it said? Right. And, and I don't mean the singer, Fergie, the uh, Sarah Ferguson. She said, that Oh, she I was going to say, when you ask, what is it Fergie said? I was going to be like, My humps, my humps, my lovely lady. Humps. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Which is also a good thing. That yeah, thing, that, we'll put that down. She might have said that at some point. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, too. Both of them. Sarah, Sarah Ferguson said after she got caught with the sucking the Texas guy's toes thing, she no, said... he was sucking mo- hers. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, some toes were being sucked. Anyway, um, I didn't think I'd be here this morning saying that. Anyway, um, she said, America will give a girl a break. America yeah. gives a girl a break. And that's what you're referring to. When you can't crawl out from under your own mess in the United States of America, there is nowhere on earth that you can crawl out from under that mess. It's so true. If you have disgraced yourself so profoundly, the Team USA won't give you a shot. You're done. Yeah, that's very true. And, And you can pick politics or entertainment or business, and it's the same thing. A lot of people who you thought will never hear from this person again they become revered as as the years go on. I mean, obviously, Bill Clinton is a good example of that. And and uh, uh, who else? Who in the, who in show business crashed and burned and then came Robert back? Robert Downey Jr. Well, that's a great example, of course. Rob Lowe. Downey. 
people. Rob Lowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rob that's Lowe true. had a Rob Lowe had a bad go. He did. Um, yeah. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I, you know, I think Charlie Sheen. I think Charlie Sheen has made his has way back. Has he made back. it back? Do you think he's yeah, made it back? I think. I think I so. He is sober now. now. Oh, he is sober now. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. But I mean, what do you hear him doing these days? I don't. I don't see him involved with much of anything. But there, but the the um, anger and disgust is gone. I yeah. think that if he wanted to, he could have his shot. Now I don't think there's anything Prince Andrew can do no. that could that could save him in America. I think that or, he or is, Bill Cosby. Yeah, I think I think Prince Andrew is one of those people that the mess is so big and so foul that there's no climbing out from under it. When you start um, talking yeah. about doing that to women, especially underage, um, you're going to have a hard time coming back. So I do think that is one of the the best things that we have um, mm-hmm. is our willingness to let you reinvent yourself and to have that mm-hmm. second chance, that third chance. Yeah, even. yeah. What did I miss in there? I'm obviously hundreds and hundreds of things, but what would you add of things that you know are, are just um, not minor things, but things that we all take for granted that still make America a great place. Movies, and really movies and TV. You know, you know we're still. Yeah. This is yeah. still, still the place. This is still the place that people come to who have a dream. It's true. It's true. Our desert, the Grand Canyon. All right, we have to break. All right. So there they go. Um, many wonderful things. We're very lucky. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. We are still trying to meet, well, let me just say, Mary is still trying to meet some of our neighbors uh, since we moved into uh, a new house uh, a while ago. And um, we have one neighbor that we met face-to-face at a little get-together at our house. That was about two weeks ago. And this person was very successful, I think, in the financial um, uh, arena. And retired young, like like mid to late 50s. And he and his wife, their kids are grown. He and his wife uh, are totally retired. And I'd look at him, and after having spent uh, just one night at the dinner party chatting with him, retirement looks horrible to me. And uh, I think would look even more horrible to my wife because of this... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, you know what? what I'm, you know what minute, I'm talking wait a minute. about. Did did we have like honesty juice for breakfast today? Because you are you are so right that it would look absolutely terrible to the blonde one. But please explain. Please explain why you say that. Okay. Well, well. First of all, I've read an article about this that popped up in my feed. But this, these are just my my observations. Um, what, I see this this guy going out to the mailbox like every day, and if I'm walking the dog, you know, he'll wait for me to talk to me. So I'm thinking going to the mailbox is like a social thing for this guy. It's something he looks forward to going to the mailbox. Does not, I don't, there's nothing good in the mailbox coming my way. I don't think. Um, so I'll, you know, he's very nice. You know, I'll talk to him during the, uh, dinner party. I, I mentioned that Mary and I were going to go to the beach over the weekend, take the dog and let the dog run free. You could do it on this beach. I know. And he and his wife were like, Oh, really? The, the dog would, and they look at each other, the dog would run free. I mean, that's anything new with these two, I think is very strange. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading this article about retirement 
And the majority of retirees' spare time is spent reading, watching television, and wait for it, being at home with their partner every day. <laughs> oh, almost a quarter of the respondents said mm-hmm. every day feels the same. Now, I want you to imagine, and we've all had a little taste of it. Anybody yes. that got sent home for any period of time during the pandemic, we've yeah. all had a little taste of that. Yeah. Now, you have been kept very, very busy by your job. And your wife right. is kept very, very busy by her job. What would Mary Lacey do with you if you didn't have this consuming so much of your time? I can give you, I'll give you an example. And you just expanded if that were the case. I said, she said, well, what are we, where are we going to go, you know, for dinner? And I called out this uh, Chinese restaurant that I like. She went, oh, okay. Groundhog day. And just walked away. Okay, that that's just going to a Chinese restaurant. And we don't I don't go all the time. I mean, it was like the last time I went was like a month ago. But it's Groundhog Day. Now, fast forward that, and I'm around with not a lot to do, but watch TV and read. You know, maybe I do something in the yard, maybe uh, go out on my bike and all, but that doesn't take a lot of time. I'm gonna be there for hours and hours waiting for her to get out of work waiting for her to uh, close the office door for the day hey how'd it go today hon same as yesterday oh yeah really well i guess that's good you want to go to the chinese restaurant later i've been thinking about it all day Mm. i Mm. i i would not have understood this if not for covid that's true (laughs) It's true. But, but now I know. And I don't know. Like, I know I could fill the, you can fill the days, right? You can always fill the days. Right. But shouldn't life be more than just filling the day and waiting <laughs> for somebody to come out yeah. of a closed room so that you can yeah. get them to go to a Chinese restaurant? I know it. As soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I would hear the door open, I'd be right down that hallway. How'd it go today? You know, because that sounds like I'm really interested in whatever a job is, but I'm not. I just want to have somebody to talk to and go somewhere or someone to listen to what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's you're awfully, right. COVID. <laughs> if, if your kids have gone off to college, all right, there's just the two of you. COVID is like retirement, but you still have to work. <laughs> right. That's what it was. It's like retirement. You're 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 all you're on top of each other. You're both working for the same place if that's your situation. No, I think that um I don't think Mary is at all pro you retiring. Oh, I no. think Mary is team do what you love till you take your last breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the more I think about it, she buys a lot of blueberries, a lot of walnuts. And she's uh, put a lot of fish into our diet. And, hmm. and can I say, she's so supportive of, of our work and what we oh, do. Yeah. Anytime yeah. we have like a technical right. problem, Mary's like, I'm coming, babe. Let me fix yeah. that yeah. for you. Any oh, kind of craziness. Oh, yeah. Any kind she's, of craziness. Yeah. She's very supportive. She's very supportive of travel, of our, of our travel. I know when we went to South Dakota and missed her birthday, Mary was like, not a problem. Have That's a good trip. Fine. 
<laughs> There'll be another one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> You're very lucky to be married to a woman who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Seriously. Is Even that right? if that truth is really? uncomfortable, like, really? please I'm never stop lucky. working because okay. I can't mm-hmm. stand to be locked up with you. How'd it go wow. today, Mayor? <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. They asked 110,000 Americans, what nationality was the sexiest? Um, Italians, Scottish, Scottish. Well, let's just start with, uh, for women, Scottish, Scottish women. Oh no. no, I thought you meant for women. Like what we think are the sexiest. Will you calm down? French, (laughs) French women. Y'all no Swedish, Scandinavian, Danish, Norwegian, Finland. When you say you're going to start with women, this is what women think of men. No, 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 no. This is, there's 110,000, there's 110,000. They're both sexes. This is your fault for not being more clear. (laughs) I believe it's time to bring on the sexy boys. What they asked. Oh, now I really can't focus. What they asked. (laughs) Make your point, man. They asked men and women who are the sexiest men, who are the sexiest women. So is this who are the sexiest women first? Oh, I am so (laughs) exhausted. Yes. Scandinavian. Oh, this is your fault. No, no, yes, it is. no, it's not. Got, got a mat. I, I want to just throw it away. Is what I want to do. Scandinavian. But the people, people want to know. No, it's not Armenian. Uh, let's see. The ten sexiest nationalities for women. Armenian is number one. Barbadian is number two from Barbados. The, you have to give the Kardashians credit for putting Armenia that's, on that's, the map. That's what they're saying. Yeah. That's why this is on there. American, then Colombian. British, Australian, Brazilian, Filipina, Bulgarian, and Lebanese. God, the world is changing. I think it's it awesome. Really you know, it's more diverse. I like a Bulgarian woman, I'll tell you. I don't think I've ever met one. or I wouldn't know one if they came one. through the door. Where's yeah. Mila Kunis from? She's from Ukraine, maybe? Yeah, she is. That's it. Yeah, yeah she that, is those Eastern Bloc women. Yeah. <sighs> All right, now yeah. the, the uh, sexiest men. Scottish. Boy, y- y- I can't even get it out. What is it with you with Scottish men? I'm just huh? like way, 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 way into into. Let me see. Where kilt. is Scottish? Uh, they're not number one. They are number one, two, three, four, five. That's fine. You know what? All right, we'll go backward. Number ten is uh, Spanish, then Danish, Nigerian, Italian, Scottish, <laughs> British, American, cracking the uh, top four, Pakistani. Australian and Irish. Yeah, the accent. Yep. Irish. Irish. Yeah, oh, the Irish accent. One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Australians and the Irish men are always at the top of the list. Always. I like a South African accent, too. You do? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Australian men are men, men. You know they're what I mean? They're a little intimidating. Yeah, they are. They you know? are. Like, they're yeah. men, men. I'm yeah. kind of... They have a cool accent, though. I'm kind of an indoor cat, you know? So the prospect of some brawny Australian with the surfing and the kangaroo wrestling, not so much. What are you doing with a Scottish guy? It rains all the time there. We're staying inside, lad. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I have, um, this is very interesting. This is how long it takes a person to fall in love based on their zodiac sign. And I know you're thinking, what a load of horse hockey this is. But you don't know until you hear. You may agree, Bob, that um, when I get to Virgo about how long it takes a Virgo to fall in love. So we'll start with uh, Capricorn. And it says here that the Capricorn, I'm a Capricorn, so you tell me if you think this is true. Why don't we start all- with Virgo and, and then just close with Virgo? You know, just <laughs> some, Can we do something a little different today? We'll do that for tomorrow's um, uh, whatever oh, goofy okay. ast- astrology thing I do. It'll be all, all right. about Virgo tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, so tell me if you agree with this, because I don't know that I do. It says here that out of all the zodiac signs, the Capricorn is the hardest to read. For one, they're super serious about their goals and their career does tend to be their number one priority. I can't argue with that. I wouldn't say it's my number one priority, but it is right behind uh, my family. Um, In relationships, Capricorn's not exactly the most romantic or affectionate and not the best with words. Capricorns rarely ever express their emotions and it leaves you wondering how how they really feel about you. What do you think about Hmm. that? I mean, I guess it's true. I guess there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Capricorns, if you're a Capricorn like me, we take love seriously, but we don't fall in love very easily because we're naturally reserved. But once you catch us, we stick around and we show our love through acts of service. That is absolutely true. That, that is, is my true. love That is true. Language. Yeah, that is you. Yeah. But by, by the way, I, I hate that expression, the love language. I just I know, I know you do put as soon as I, I hear well that's that's Bob's love language. Mary, Mary uses it all the time. And why do know. you why do you hate it? I don't know. It just it just sounds like one of those squirrely books we used to have to interview people with. John, John Gray. Yeah. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Oh God, stop. Let's move on to Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarians are also pretty hard to figure out. For one, they're super social and really friendly to everyone. So that makes you unsure if they have special feelings for you because, you know, they're that nice to everybody. Oh, um, yeah. and, a, and with a Sagittarius, they see romance as an adventure. And in relationships, they're totally honest, but they're not very demonstrative. They're not big on gifts or flowers, which if you're dating a Sagittarius would make you think, well, they don't really care about you, but that's Mm. just, that's just not their love language to use your um, most hated expression. Sagittarians. You need to to give them a card. You need to give them a card that says, I like you. Do you like me? Check? Yes. Check. No. Exactly. 
exactly. Sagittarians love their freedom. So they never feel pressured to find a relationship. If you're in a relationship with a Sagittarius, it's because y'all stumbled across each other because the Sagittarius did not go looking for you. Okay. And that brings us to the Scorpio, which is Max. <laughs> so let's see, Max, if you agree. The, um, the Scorpio, of course, is the sexiest sign, the most passionate, intense sign in, in the Zodiac. And once you catch a Scorpio's attention, they will pull out all the stops to capture you. But they are not open books. They're notoriously mysterious. And even if you think things are going well in the relationship, you might not ever really know for sure because Scorpios tend to keep those kind of thoughts to themselves. Um, and it takes time for Scorpios to fall in love. Scorpios need to make absolutely sure that you are someone worthy of being led into their inner world. And Is that you? Only, only after you've gained no. their trust. Will they fall in love with you? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether they're worthy to be. So it's not the other way around. Okay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I never. They always say that it's mysterious, and I, I never feel like I'm mysterious. I. I think you're very private. I am. Yeah, which I do some too. people some could interpret of, as mysterious. I'm not right? some sort of brooding loner. No, no, you're not a brooding loner. You're not brooding or a loner, but you are a private person and you guard your privacy and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, even though we live in a time in America where people's grandmothers are, are modeling thong bikinis on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. it's still okay to be a person who yeah. keeps their, sure their life private. That. Yeah. By the way, did you see the uh, picture that Elizabeth Hurley posted that her mother took of her? In a, I surely in a bikini? did. Woo! Did you hear what you know, Piers Morgan said about that? The great British no. bloviator? He no. was like, knock it off. You're thirsty and pathetic. Oh, my God, Piers. No, no, like no. You're in More any pictures. position to talk. Yeah, stop it. Um, let's jump to the Aquarius. Dating an Aquarius is wonderful and confusing. They tend to get along with everyone, but they're also very unpredictable and can be a little bit cold. They have no problem sharing their opinions with others, but expressing feelings isn't something they really like to do. My husband's an Aquarius hmm. and so mm -hmm. far dead on. Um, in fact, listen to this. You may be committed to each other and the Aquarian will still say things like, I think if I fell in love, it would feel like this, which makes you wonder, like, what are you, a can of spam? <laughs> do you know what my husband said to me the other day? He's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pain in life. I've found most of it involves marriage. And I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my God! And, Man, and you gotta check yourself. Back. What are you doing, saying words like that? He didn't take it back. So of course I upped his life insurance by just a tick. Yeah, um, let's right. pause here. We'll come back with more <laughs> of the zodiac signs. How long it takes to fall in love based on astrology? A little science for you. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. How long it takes a person to fall in love? based on their astrological sign. And we're at Gemini's. Now, Gemini's are the fun-loving sign. You know, Gemini's are, they're really intellectual and they love to have a good time. They need and crave stimulation. And once someone or something stops being fascinating, a Gemini moves on. Now, a Gemini um, is slow to fall in love because a Gemini has to be with you for a really long time to figure out that you are not going to bore them to tears. 
Wow, that sounds like a heavy lift. You have to pay attention to a Gemini because a Gemini does not want to be ignored. And Hmm. you better be good at communicating because if there's something you need to say, you get it out your mouth because Geminis love to talk things out. Hmm. And now we are at Virgo. Here we go. If you're looking for long-term relationship material, look no further than a Virgo. Your your Virgos are organized and mature, and they're devoted and loyal and excellent communicators. But dating a Virgo can be a slow process. It can take months before you get a hint of their true feelings because Virgos are very, very careful. And a Virgo in love is not obvious to the naked eye because they don't have big dramatic displays of affection like a Leo or a Gemini. Virgos like stability and they like consistency. And if you are a wild nutcase, you may not make it with a Virgo because Virgos do not like chaos. And Virgos tend to overthink everything. They hyperanalyze every detail of the relationship. But once they fall in love, your Virgo is an excellent partner. Virgos love acts of service. It's their love language. Virgos are always... Stop it. I don't want to use the word love language, and I don't want to have to do any more service for love language. Listen, Listen to this sentence, and you tell me this isn't Bob. Quote, Virgo is always trying to find ways to fix up your life, help you heal, take care of you, and be of service for you, make you laugh. Virgos want to take care of you and show you a good time. Yeah, I mean, part, part of that is me. Part of that is me. And but you know what I do Virgos the grand love? what? Virgos love getting credit for things and being told thank you. <laughs> yes, they do, yes, as they, they should, do. because they do so much for so many. Taurus, um, how does the Taurus feel about you? On the one hand, the bull is very attentive and they're consistent and they're thoughtful and all of that. On the other hand, you've been seeing each other for a while and Taurus has not said a single word about how they feel with you, feel about you. Taurus uh, partners can be confusing because they need somebody they can trust and that takes a long time to establish. Um, Taurus uh, people want to be courted. They want you to make the effort to win their heart. But you better have a strong physical attraction because a Taurus is not there for it unless it unless there's a big, big attraction there. Taurus takes a long time. They're like Virgo. They take a long time to fall in love with you. But once you get your Taurus, they are they are like the Virgo. They are committed and they are devoted. As long as you show them that you're serious and you value them. They're committed and, and devoted until they aren't. Well, I mean, isn't but isn't that always the way? I guess I guess that's always the way. Yeah. Right. Um, now we go to cancers. Doesn't take much to fall for the cancer because they are loving, oh. kind, nurturing, rom- romantic, loyal, and they manage to somehow get into tune with exactly what your heart wants. And they always make sure you know how much you mean to them. Once a tourist gives you his or her heart, a cancer rather, and loves you, they are all about making you happy. And there is nothing more joyful than a cancer in love. They're all right with casual relationships. They're not going to turn a casual relationship or a booty call situation down. We're out of time and we still have a couple more Zodiac signs. Just do it real quick. No, do it real quick. Well, the Aries, um, the Aries is hot and heavy in love. 
and they uh, they jump head first. Chances are, though, you can be love bombed by an Aries because they fall out of love just as fast as they fall in. So think about that really carefully, right? Okay. All right. And um, Pisces, um, there's one thing that you need to know about a Pisces. They love, 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 love courtship and seduction. They are sensitive and kind, and they really want you to make some effort. We're talking flowers, love notes, sweet kisses on the back of the neck, all of it. It'll take a while for a Pisces to get there. Once you get one of those people and they love you, they love you. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. I have the backstory um, and some of the urban legends around one of the most iconic hit songs of the 1980s, a song that you still hear all the time, a song that for a lot of people has one of their favorite drum solos in it forever. And it's not Don't You Forget About Me. It's In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. This is a monster hit song. It's a legendary hit song. Did you know the urban legend behind this song? And I'm no. going to tell you the real story behind this song, which involves, you know, a heartbreak. But the urban legend behind this song that is so locked into people's memories. I mean, it's even it was even referenced in the Eminem song, Stan. People believe this. There are people listening right now who are not going to believe this isn't true. So where did Phil Collins get the inspiration to write this song? Here's the story. Allegedly, sometime before writing In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins saw someone drowning. And depending on which version of the story you hear, either Phil Collins couldn't get to the person to save them himself, or he was intoxicated and couldn't save them himself, or he was busily calling 911 and could not save them himself. And while all this was happening, Phil Collins saw that someone else nearby could have saved the drowning person except for they didn't so according to the urban legend phil collins saw this person letting another human drown and instead of calling the police he worked hard to find the identity of the person who allowed the drowning to happen then he invited that person to one of his concerts and put them in the front row then while performing this song He had the spotlight shine on this individual. And in front of thousands of people, Phil Collins pointed to this person and said, he did it. He let her drown. I don't believe that. Bunch of nonsense. It's absolutely as far from true as it can be. But the legend, the legend took um, off. And there are people that you will never convince that this song is not about that. So what is in the air tonight about and it's a like it's huger than you ever knew and it's a weird song to have been such a big hit because it's really stripped down and kind of spooky it was in it was in a movie wasn't it it was in miami vice it was was in the miami vice t-show the tv show actually is what made it take off and become a hit it's Uh been in lots of movies it's been a lots of movies. It came out in yeah. January of 1981. It was Phil Collins' very first solo single. Um, and what had happened was he went through a really sad time in his life. He would just he had just split up with 
his first wife, she moved out and took their two children. And suddenly Phil Collins is home all alone. And the house is quiet and he has nothing to do. So he gets his hands on a drum machine and a synthesizer and he starts writing songs. And this was one of those songs. After he came up with the beat and the chords, um, he decided he was going to try to do something simple. So he turned on the mic and he began just kind of freestyling the lyrics. Phil Collins says... I have no idea what any word in this song means. Having my wife leave me and losing my little ones, there was a lot of anger and bitterness and hurt. And yeah, that's in the song, but in an abstract way. He said, I don't even know what in the air tonight means. Now here's the fun part. As he wrote down the words he was making up, he used a piece of stationery, a piece of stationery belonging to the interior decorator his wife left him for. This song wow. has so much story. Yeah. You know, um, he has had some struggles in life. Obviously, now he's got some physical problems. He, he, if he performs, he has to sit down. Well, I have, one more, I have one more cool thing to tell you about this song. So Phil Collins worked with a producer, a famous music producer. And um, this particular producer is kind of famous for like big, mammoth, meaty drum tracks. So they were working on Peter Gabriel's solo album, and Phil Collins and this producer, his name is Hugh Pagum, Pagum, discovered that Phil's drumming sounded incredible when they recorded it through the microphone that the engineers would use just to talk to the musicians on the other side of the glass. So it wasn't, it wasn't being mic'd in the studio, Mm-hmm. The whole drums, the, all the drums that you hear on In the Air Tonight are recorded through that two-way microphone between where the musicians are and where the studio engineers are. But the, the sound was just are. right. Yeah, the sound funny? was The sound was just yeah. right. Um, this, it's called gated reverb or something. Anyway, this, uh-huh. <clears throat> this drum effect that Phil Collins and this producer invented is all over all of the big pop music hits of the 1980s. So this song has like a legendary story and how it came to be and then a crazy legendary urban legend that goes with it and they invented something new. We will post this on Facebook so if you're a fan you can look at all the details because I had to leave a bunch out for time. Just a really cool backstory, a little behind the music. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. If you do have a job right now and you're lucky, I have from Yahoo.com, I was looking at this thing, five ways to help avoid getting laid off or fired. Uh, the first one is go in early once a week. Get there before the boss does if you can, before anybody does, and at least once a week, it's, it kind of sends a signal. Now, let's just say this. If the company ain't selling no widgets and you make widgets, even going in at three in the morning, it's probably gonna not going to do anything. Yeah. But I guess, you know, it does send a message that you're at your desk when everybody else comes in. I mean, in. If, if, the, if it was going to be eeny, meeny, miny, mo, they might yeah. skip you. They might skip you, yeah. You're such a go-getter. But then your, your, your desk would have to be within eye view of the boss, right? And Suppose you, you're on the other side of the building. He doesn't know. You'd have to put yourself within eye view. Yeah. Number two, stay late at least once a week. And once again, make sure the boss knows that you're there. Well, you can probably accomplish that a little bit easier. 
you know, you can walk around looking for coffee or something mm-hmm. and, you know, clear your throat as you go by his office at six o'clock or whatever. Uh, number three, look busy. You know, it, you know, the best way to look busy, it's not like going like crazy at your desk. It's carrying like two or three pieces of paper and walking down the hall with, with your purpose, with yeah. purpose. Yeah. Yes. You know that look mm-hmm. with your head down concerned. You've got these three pieces of paper. God knows what's going to happen to this company if you don't execute whatever is on these three pieces of paper. I knew a guy who used to work here who had that down so good. And all he was doing was going in the men's room. But he would pick up the three pieces of paper Take and he'd walk with, yeah. with purpose to the men's room. What did he do with that paper after he was in the men's room? That's the question. That is a very good question. Yeah, you're right. Uh, number four, be busy. All right? Uh, just don't be caught just gazing away for heaven's sakes don't be caught playing a computer game or something like that and this is probably the best one expand your skill set so if you have a job where you're doing one thing try to figure out how to do two or three things therefore you become multi uh, multitasker and more valuable to the company i think those are pretty good especially the one about walking the, the main one i would do is walk down the hall and look like i'm really knowing what i'm doing with these things of course it is harder with our job doing that you know to walk, well, because the you know the show would be on. Yeah, it would where's be on. Bob? Yeah, he's doing he's, that he's whole walking, walk. He's walking down. He's the walking hall. purposefully yeah. down. Once the again, hall. Huh? <laughs> you're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry. All right, we're talking about really overfed, really overweight pets and the bad foods you're feeding them. And now, Stephanie, we want to hear about Pawpaw's cat. Well, Pawpaw's cat, he got it. it I don't know much about cats, but all I know is that it came up to his house one day just as a kitten. So it was just a regular cat. And as a matter of fact, he named it Tom because he said it was just always a Tom cat, but I don't know. But eventually... Um, this cat got up to weigh 26 pounds. That's a big And cat. it was just eating cat food. Uh-huh. And eventually, a couple of years later, my papa got remarried and moved into his wife's house, but she didn't want to take the cat because she had dogs. Uh-huh. So the cat ended up living at the trailer that my papa had lived in. The cat lived in the trailer by itself and weighed 26 pounds. And when it would get, like, really hot outside, he would have the cat shaved. You want to talk about a scary sight. A 26-pound cat <laughs> shaved is a scary, scary sight. It would lay on the coffee table uh-huh. and literally take up the width of the entire What was the cat's table. favorite driver? What was this what? N- that's all right. Um, um, Stephanie, it, it lived there all alone in the trailer by its the cat. The cat all owned alone. the cat owned its own place. See, Zach does it not did. own his it, own place. It did. They would they would go every day, and my papa used to just a very simple man used to just always say, "Well, if he wasn't hungry, he wouldn't eat it." So they would just give him this big bowl of cat food, and he would, I guess just eat it all. And the cat was scared of mice. You're you're so right. Zach doesn't have a house. Zach doesn't have his own place, but this cat does. Um, yep. Steph, did did, did papa? Uh, keep the lights and the heat turned on in the cat's trailer? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there are families that don't have a place to live, and this cat had its own place. Yes, it did. It, and it was a rickety trailer. It was one that was made in the 70s, just a little single wide, which made it even worse because, like, I have a three-year-old, and she's 31 pounds. So, like, when this cat would walk through the trailer, it would sound like a toddler walking through the trailer. Pawpaw must have had it going on. You have a you know? cat 31 pounds? Paw what? Um, why did he shave the cat? He would shave it when it would get, like, summertime, I guess, but his hair wouldn't get all matted up because it was pretty furry. And so instead of just, like, I don't know, giving it baths on a regular basis, once it got to a certain point, he would just go take it and get it shaved. Pawpaw had it going on, though. He moved out of the trailer up to the big house with the lady. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Stephanie, there. Yeah. If, um, if the Discovery Channel had a show about Pawpaw, I'd watch it. Yeah, because you, from just uh -huh. the picture you've painted here, uh -huh. we got the new wife, doesn't want the cat around, we got uh -huh. the cat in its own place, the cat right. getting shaved. Yeah. Uh, and, and to add just a little bit to it, the cat came up to live with him in, uh, when he was married to his second wife. Oh, by after... The time, by, the, by the time he had the third wife, the cat was living by itself. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, is Papa still with us? No, Papa died about two years ago. You knew yeah. you knew that was going yeah, to be I the did. case. I know. You, st you couldn't I know. stop. Yourself. Is the cat still with us? No, the cat the cat died probably about a year or so before Papa did. All right. Well, they, sometimes they go. That happens. Want to ask Stephanie about cold sores no, that's or right. any thank, minor? Thank you, pieces. Stephanie. True. Weird stuff. In each episode of True Weird Stuff, we'll take a look at something that's you know well true and weird. Subscribe now and become part of True Weird Nation. We're all about curiosity here. And that's true weird stuff. True weird stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. Sweet foods in the news. I have two uh, topics to talk about. The first one, Krispy Kreme is going to debut a new glazed donut in the spring. Customers got to choose what it would be by voting online. And see if you can guess which they picked. There were uh, four you could choose from or four they narrowed it down to. And then the voting, uh, whoever voted for you know one of them the most, they would do. The choices were blueberry, lemon, Caramel and maple. Which which did people choose? Caramel. Nope. Max? Blue bat. Blueberry, lemon, caramel, and maple. I or, would have said caramel too. I, I no, it is lemon, and I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. It's going to be coated with some sort of a lemon coating, a, a glazed donut that's that tastes like lemon. It's so tart. Well, I mean, it's I, also, I just don't get it. A lot of times, those kind of things don't really even taste like lemon. They taste like yeah, lemon in yeah, quotes. Yeah, they taste yellow. Yeah, and not, that doesn't mean that they're going to keep it forever, I, but they're know, bringing it out. When you just said that about donuts, don't ask me why, but it reminded me. I saw um, a few days ago in page six, the New York uh, Post. Gordon Ramsay said that he he looks good. By the way, he lost sixty pounds. Oh, is that right? And he did it because he said, I just looked at my wife and she's gorgeous and beautiful. And I thought to myself, look at her getting into bed every night with a fat. <laughs> I think you can imagine yeah, the rest yeah. of that sentence. Yeah. And so he lost uh, 60 pounds. Yeah. Mm, good for he him. He has four. That's great. He's been married to her for a long time. They have four kids together. Is that Four right? little Ramsey's. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and the other article that I have here says that 15% of the American population has consumed an entire cake by themselves. No, I'm not done that. 15%. Have you ever seen anybody do that? Eat a whole cake? I have. It would be me. You ate a whole cake? You ate a whole cake? Well, almost a whole cake. You guys, one year for my birthday, gave me an ice cream cake. Oh, yeah. So you said, okay, fine. So you all had little pieces of it and stuck it Mm -hmm. back in the freezer, back in the TV area. Mm -hmm. So I went and took it home, and I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this, but I... But after I went home, I went, well, I haven't had lunch, so let's let's just have this for lunch. And I went, all right, fine. That's good. And then dinner time came around. And I went, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I could have some of this for dinner. I had this for like three meals in a row. And that's I, what I couldn't I do ate. that. I could not what do I that. Ate. I would have to have was, some sort of protein. I was so yeah, ashamed. Get the shakes. Yeah. You were ashamed? I was ashamed of what I was doing. But at the same time, that ice cream cake was mm-hmm. so Good. Mm-hmm. I we, love ice cream cake. We were at uh, my little niece Violet's birthday party, and Britt made a couple of cakes because I will quote her, quote, I was ugly crying about her being a year old already, so I started baking. So we have a chocolate cake with mm-hmm. peanut butter frosting, right? three layers, right? and an apple cake. And we sing happy birthday, and now it's time for a chocolate cake three layers with peanut butter frosting. So my daughter, Olivia's boyfriend has come along for this party. He's such a sweet kid. So, um, Britt cuts him a slab of cake mm-hmm. bigger than your head right. and he eats it and she cuts me the same size. I'm like, there's no way I can eat all that. So I said to Rob, um, do you want some of this cake? And he goes, you're not going to eat it. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm going to eat this part of it. So I cut like two thirds of it off, put it on his plate. And my daughter goes, <laughs> mom, if you do that, he'll just eat it till he gets sick. <laughs> and I'm like, apple, meat tree. So yeah, I yeah. said, honey, he's sitting right there. We're talking yeah. about him like he's not there. I'm like, you you talk about him like he's the dog. Yeah. If we just let him free feed, he'll eat till he throws up. The only time I ever saw somebody do that, the closest I've, I've been, is a guy I used to work with in radio moved to another town that I eventually came to and he and his wife knew I was alone. So they felt they had to invite me to dinner. And so these are folks who love to eat. So we had dinner and then she brought out a chocolate cake that was frosted with chocolate Mm-mm. and she had just cooked it and she gave me a, you know, a nice slice. And then they divided the cake. The two of them between the two of them. So my one slice is gone. He's got a half a cake on his plate She's got a half a cake on, and they went to town. Can I just say? I couldn't believe it. Can I just say, it was nice of the Sprats to have you over. I know. But, um, I know. No, they just knew that I wasn't going to eat all that cake, but that's what they do. So they didn't. And I had, I had other friends. You, you know, I talked about my friend John. They didn't John say to you. He's seen the same thing where they divide the cake. And by the way, this is on a regular basis. They didn't say to you. Bob, we're big cake people here. No. The missus and I. No. Um, we're going to... Would you like a third of this cake? I might, You know what? I might have said... This is a long time ago. I might have said something like, you know, don't make it too big for me. Okay. So, so they knew that I wasn't going to eat a half and a cake. And then they each ate the other... They sat there and ate the entire cake between the two of them. And yeah. other guys, I'm telling you, John, my friend John went there and he saw the same thing. <laughs> that metabolism. They need to be glad Olivia wasn't there. Don't do that. You're just going to get sick. You're going to throw it up. Um, 
They didn't have that metabolism. No. You know what, though? Life is brutish hey, yeah. and hard and short. Eat yeah, the cake. that's exactly right. And, and they were probably, after you left, they were probably like, can you believe how much cake he ate? I know, that's exactly right. Robbed no, them. I was never invited back. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. And now on the Bob and Sherry Show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Thank you very much, Max. Uh, There's uh, several running uh, inquiries on the Bob and Sherry Show. We just kind of muse about them uh, publicly. One of them is why our fathers were so out of control. Why can't we win a Marconi Award as the best syndicated radio show in the country, been nominated and lost 10 times, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and another one is, what do you think our relatives, our ancestors did in ancient times? We are sure they were not part of the royal family or the court. They were probably way lower at the bottom of the barrel. And that brings me to something that I just read. The pharaohs of ancient Egypt were believed to be literally divine. The word pharaoh itself means great house, as in the house of God. In fact, King Pepe II, and I I, I just love his name, P-E-P-I. King Pepe is a great rapper name. Isn't that? You are right. King King Pepe. Pepe. Oh my, that is one of the most creative ones I've ever heard. Why is there no King Pepe? There should be. King Pep, that that's a great name for a rock star for in, for a radio guy. King Peppy in the morning. King Pe- oh, King Peppy in the morning. You know what? Oh, to be able to go back in time, I if know. you could have been King Peppy, yeah. Mm. Now, what would you be? Queen what? Uh, just queen. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Queen works. She's just the queen. Yeah. Oh, something you're you're used to. That's good. <laughs> um, so anyway, listen to this. King Pepe II, who supposedly ruled for 90 years. Boy, I tell you what, Pepe must have been eaten right. Thought so highly of himself that when he was bothered by insects, he would command that one of his slaves be covered head to toe in honey to lure the flies away from Pepe. That would be my job. That would be your job. We, to be we, covered in honey and yeah. human fly trap? A, a human fly trap and just, you know, we'll be sitting there, you know, in the barn or wherever we are and the, the knock would come. Yeah. Peppy's going out to the, oh, geez, are you kidding? He wants you. What is, what is, he wants the honey. Oh, jeez. And, and we'd you- have to strip naked and be covered with honey and walk, you know, like maybe 10 or 15 feet from Pepe. You know what would happen, Max? Because um, Max would be back here in this timeline with us too, right? Living in the stable with us. And Bob would come back from a long shift of being King Pepe's human flytrap. And he would finally get scrubbed off in like, I don't know, a horse trough. And he would be saying to me and Max, it's just, you know, when I was a kid, I used to look at these hieroglyphics and I thought I'd be living in a, in a penthouse apartment, like in Manhattan <laughs> and working as a secret agent. Not, not that I would be covered in honey to collect flies for King Peppy. 
that guy. What what would it, what would happen to the guy if if a fly landed on Peppy, and your probably, and your job is to attract them? That's the he end would of get, you. He would get executed, and then Peppy yeah. would bring Max in to replace you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what would happen. And, he would, and Max is taller, so there'd be more uh, land to cover with the honey. Yeah, that's what would happen to me. I mm. think it's um, I think it's the best possible self awareness to know that you were not the pharaoh. Your ancestors were not the pharaoh; they were the pharaoh's fly traps. I just yeah. think it keeps you humble if you're honest about where you come from. <laughs> you think the pharaoh ever said anything? Do you think Pepe ever said anything to the uh, guy covered in honey? No, because here's the thing about being the pharaoh, part of that gig. They're not they're not regular people. They don't have yeah, to be right. of the people. They are yeah, godlike creatures chosen yeah. by the gods to rule. Right, right, right. Do, do you ever go outside and apologize to a cockroach for how you're treating it? No. King no. Peppy. King I've had Peppy, therapy. King Peppy would barely consider you a human being. Yeah. And That's if you right. spoke, he would probably have your tongue cut out. I'll bet the really powerful pharaohs had like four guys mm-hmm. covered in honey. Oh yeah. That's not what a, a lowly thing. What a lowly thing to do in the you get one pass in life and you're stripped naked and you're walking next to this guy, Peppy, covered in honey to attract insects. Okay, but wait, there's another way to look at this that you're not considering. That you're near the king, that you're near Peppy, screw him. <laughs> you, screw see, Peppy. you see this, you see this <laughs> with um, modern American eyes. But supposing that you come from a family, um, generations upon generations of people whose entire job was to collect dung and form it into bricks. And for some reason, you were singled out by the Pharaoh's people as an excellent candidate to be a human flytrap. And now you're getting better food and better lodgings and you're in proximity to the guys. Royalty, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it, yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Okay, so we were just talking about the ancient Egyptian pharaoh, King Pepe. That was the second real King Pepe the second. He's a re- he was a real guy. <laughs> And he would, he would, he didn't like insects on him. And so he would, he would have a slave covered in honey, naked, covered in honey, walking near him. So that the slave, the the bugs would go on the slave attracted by the honey. And so Bob was just kind of accepting that if his ancestors were Egyptian. That's their gig. That Bob would, Bob would be descended from a long line of human (laughs) fly traps and not the pharaohs. So, um, you have to remember that this is a great job for a young boy back then because you would be lifted out of poverty. You would live in the palace with the pharaoh. You'd have better food. You'd have a, a better place to sleep. Now, there's a catch to all of this because from everything I've read and seen on like the History Channel, when the pharaohs died, their entire household staff was murdered and entombed with the Pharaoh to serve him in the afterlife. So, mm. Bob, <laughs> as King Pepe's <laughs> human flytrap, you're going to want to be real, real sure that he doesn't get stung by something that could kill him because yeah. that's the end of you, too. You don't want to knock on the door 
just as you get the, the honey off of you after having walked in it for hours. Yeah, what is it? Are you kidding? Peppy's not feeling well? <laughs> Are you kidding me? What's wrong with him? He's He's got the dysentery real... It, you want me to do what? <laughs> to go with you. Where Where are we going? I'll find out. <laughs> Take a ride in the car. Take a ride in the car. A ride in the chariot. <laughs> you know what, you guys? This is a perfect example of the saying, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Because yeah. back then, when, when the flytrap was being hauled off to be sent to the afterlife with the pharaoh, there's nothing yeah. funny about that. There's not even a you little know, bit You know what? I, here's what I would do, though, because, uh, you know, I, I can think of my feet pretty good. They go, all right, stand over there. We're going to beat you to death. Listen, let's, <laughs> be, before you do, before you do that, let's where. So he's not. He's, is he really sick? He's really, really sick. He's he's going to be dead by tomorrow. And so you got to go today. Um, but he ascends to heaven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there wouldn't be any insects in heaven. There wouldn't be any flies up there because it's heaven. There's little bluebirds, you know, clouds. The bluebirds are flying around. So you don't need to kill me. You're going to be, now you're going to be beaten twice as hard for your insolence. Because the, the Pharaoh may not need <laughs> a fly trap in heaven. But just shut up and get in the pyramid. Yeah, what, what, one of the executioners is going to say, you know, he's probably right. I, I'm just so tired of hearing him. Let's just beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've had program directors felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how awful how awful it must have been back then to Terrible. know that oh man i've got this really good job with the pharaoh in the palace but yeah if anything happens i'm gonna have to go to the afterlife with the pharaoh yeah. and then and then you don't have like um no matter how good a person you were as the human fly trap yeah, you're not. You, you're not. You're not in paradise. You're a servant for all eternity to King Peppy. And the I'm kind of person, if, if, by if, the if way, Peppy... by the way, Bob, the kind of person that dips a young boy in honey and turns him into a flytrap. You think that's somebody you want to serve for all eternity? Yeah. Did you ever think about that before you took the job? I don't think so. See, that's the thing with jobs. You know, there's always a. She's. <laughs> These days. You... There's no insurance in a lot of jobs, and that's horrible. But but at least you got a job, and you don't have to die. <laughs> the fact <laughs> the fact that the best thing we can say about most jobs now is, well, you won't be slaughtered to serve the pharaoh in the afterlife. <laughs> that's true. That's not awesome. It's true. <laughs> there's no there, there's no retirement. There's no <laughs> dental. <laughs> There's no medical. <laughs> you won't need retirement, dental, or medical right. because you're going to be slaughtered to serve You're going to be beaten to death. Yeah, right. It's mm. Bob and Sherry. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.